better say we're fucking recording right now. I'm throwing this mic. We are definitely recording. Yeah. Um, we are live. I don't believe you. We are literally live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerdtastic in 3D episode number 27. My name is Jason Carter. I'm Jack Eckler. I'm really <laughs> tired. Sean Fennell. <laughs> Irritated Josh the Rot. And we have a very, very special episode for you this evening, as we say every week. Although this one actually is a little bit special because we have somebody uh, joining us. In-house. In-house, here at the Disney Studios with us. So, uh, Nerdtastic in 3D, as you probably do know, is an entertainment podcast with entertainment professionals talking about anything and everything that we find nerdy. And for just that occasion, to talk about anything nerdy and, and fun, we've brought a special guest. Goes by the name of Dan Camp. Dan, say hi. Hello, everybody. And what do you do, Dan? I'm currently a simulation TD at uh, Sony Pictures Imageworks. Sony Pictures Imageworks. Simulation TD. Yeah, Spy? that's kind of pretty professional. It does sound kind of professional. What does a it's technical director so do? So, so you're an STD? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> bravo, dude. That is amazing. Wow. Uh, yes. That is <laughs> no comment. Uh, so what exactly does a technical director do? Um, we uh, work on cloth and hair, basically. So we're animating the digital cloth and hair on digital characters. And anytime you see hair and clothes, give us uh, give us some examples of stuff you've done. Um, I've worked on Alice in Wonderland. I just finished uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. We did the skin simulation on the lizard, who's the main villain. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> Just, no, just, no. just kidding. Um, GeForce, Christmas Carol, all kinds of stuff. Very cool. So uh, it's a little bit of podcast news. I think as we've uh, been talking about uh, on the show, we are going to be attempting to stream live. So we, not just attempting, <laughs> we are. We have actually succeeded. We are live right now on YouTube, depending on if you're listening to it right now. Otherwise, if you We're, listen to it later, we are not live right now. We're actually streaming via my YouTube channel, which is Jacktastic 3D. Uh, Google does not like the name Nerdtastic in 3D, as they've told Jason. Yes, we've gotten rejected from Google+. Plus. That's okay, because we are here under Jacktastic 3D and joining you in all our fervor. So, uh, Dan, I have a question for you. Sure. What do you think about Sony? What's it like there? Uh, <laughs> it's a magical place. A magical place. Wow, uh, spoken like a man who thinks he'll lose his job if he speaks honestly. <laughs> they Did pay they my bills, so I don't really have too much bad to say, but it's... Do they have Rainbow Rivers? No. How, how, how long have you been at Sony? Um, I'm going on, I think, almost eight years. Wow. Very Come very November. Cool. Does that include the hiatus? That includes a hiatus of were they, three were months. They, were they, uh, they, they took said, me back. well... Well, we love you. Mandatory non-paid vacation. They, they, well, no, but we don't love you that much. They paid me a lot of money to go away for three months. Like, here's their severance pay. And I went away for three months. They're like, okay, we're ready for you to come back now. Gotcha. But they kept me at the same, like, Other than same one, seniority and everything. One hiatus. Has it been pretty stable work at Sony for you? 
Yeah, I mean, it's like every year it's like they're bidding on new projects, so you never know like if you're going to have a show after the show you're on until like it's at the end. It's like, okay, we got another show. So Very cool. Like, Dan Dan worked with me and Joshua. Yes. On Bewolf. Bewolf. And Josh, Monster, Monster House. House. Josh was on Monster House, and I was with him on Wolf, yes. Dan was there on Polar Express. <clears throat> so yep. we do have uh, a few people that listen to the show that, that – don't know a ton about what it, the full extent of what goes into make a CG uh, a CG film or a visual effects film. Um, basically, the computer graphics mm-hmm. um, industry and, and how that uh, applies to entertainment. I think the thing that's probably surprising is just how many specialities there are all over the. Uh, <laughs> you guys They're are having so way too much fun with alive. this live camera. Dude. Um, this is just way too much for them. Uh, about how many different specialities there are. I so that I, with I, the GoPro. <laughs> can you talk a little bit uh, and and put this in terms of you know uh, kindergarten speak as best you can for people like myself? What does it take? You know, when I see a character that has long hair, like say Rapunzel from uh, from Tangled, or I see a character that's got you know a lot of mane or bushy fur or something yourself you you have to do you have to do that that's not something you just get it's not like you take a picture of a lion right you have to set that up and that's a whole job so tell tell us a little bit about that yeah well like <clears throat> for for cl- hair you have like you set up a rig and you try to make the hair move realistically based on how long it is or like what kind of character like how thin the hair is or how thick and you give it like certain physics and then you animate that and then you have to determine like wind um what kind of weather effects are are on it, like what kind of clothes it's going to be interacting with, all kinds of stuff. And you run a simulation and you get it back and then you start tweaking it and you make changes to it. Um, same thing with cloth. You have to determine, like, like if, is it silk? Is it, like, burlap? How thick is it? Like, So it's funny. So I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the basic idea of animation, which <laughs> is you either draw or pose out a character and you kind of do it in certain frames and... You kind of get this lifelike motion based on that, but that doesn't happen with cloth. It's not like you can just sit there and say, "Okay, I'm going to pose out this guy's T-shirt now." That's a whole. That's I think a very very amazing thing. It's a whole discipline that you have to create right. these simulations and these pinpoints, right? And you have to have physics apply to it in special mm-hmm. ways. Like you put constraints on it, and you do you do several passes at it, and you get different results, and you can mix and match. Like say, like you like the sleeves on one jacket, but you like how like the bottom of it moved in another simulation so you combine the two and you paint a blend and all that technical gooby gawk does that happen often because it sounds like it would be a real huge pain in the ass oh yeah there's you never get like one simulation and you like everything on it like right out of the box it's you run like multiple multiple simulations and pick and choose pick and choose and it's a lot of work and uh so is your absolute worst nightmare <laughs> when you have clothes on a super super furry character <laughs> uh yes yeah like, i can imagine the more fur the harder it is what's the technical term for compressing fur underneath clothing pretty sure you just said matting <laughs> smoosh smoosh well is, are you asking what dreamworks <laughs> calls it's a very specific technical term is yeah it? <laughs> yeah is that yeah. a say that i, I would call that matting zhuzhing no nobody i don't know if there's jizzing what the, hell's wrong? what the hell's wrong with you, Joshua? Let's keep it PG. Hey, I have a question for you guys. We always do. I'm yes, able to. We try. I have a question for you guys. Did you know that Internet Explorer is no longer the most popular browser in the world? Yeah. You know, I heard that somewhere today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember exactly where we heard it, but it was, it was recent. And do you know what has taken over the crown of most popular browser? Firefox. I bet, I bet you do. 
I want to say Chrome. I want to say Chrome. Maybe. Opera. Opera is available. Is, is Netscape? Is it it's opera? Netscape. You opera. know it's Netscape. Netscape 4.1. Netscape 4.1. They finally caught out. Isn't Opera like only available on the Wii? No. You can download it for your computer right now. I don't buy it. Okay, so we have a guess. Jack, you're guessing Firefox. Sean, you're guessing Opera. No. <laughs> I just said I Opera because like it. it's fun. It's got to be Firefox. Yeah, it's probably Firefox. Right. Josh, you're guessing Chrome. I'm guessing Chrome. Just Let me to... first throw something else out there, which is today. Today or yesterday? Yahoo company that i am incredibly surprised is actually still around just released their own browser and it doesn't suck really they you you tried it out i did try it out it's actually pretty cool it's probably got opera underneath it now because it came out yesterday or today it's not the most popular browser in the world yet (laughs) but wait for it that title wait for it that title goes to google chrome Yay, I win. Google Chrome. I win. Yeah, Josh just likes to be different. That shit could have been anything. <laughs> Congratulations. No. It's a browser. Ah, that one. You have to think what's the most, like, number one search engine. Then you have to think about they have their Integration own browser. Integration is the only reason. Then they have the, the biggest, you know, you have the Gmail, you have this, you have this, and they push for Chrome so often that it's going to work so much smoother with everything. So it's all integrated it into you, here. It lets you use your Google Hangout quite well. Yeah. It's a great browser. I like it. I just funny. wish it used less memory. That's all. Yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. Take that's some memory. <laughs> yeah, we like the memory. We like the memory. Jason, we like the memory. That's good. That's almost as good as your trailer voice. Hercules, So In the world. So we uh, we have a little segment. Uh, we, we sort of bounce in and out of this a little bit about what you're currently doing here, Dan. But we have a little segment that we like to uh, occasionally come back to here on Nertastic and 3D. <laughs> Do I get the song? And it is called... Get to know <laughs> your nerd. Get to know your nerd. So, Dan, why don't you go into a little bit of the backstory about who you are, where you came from, how in the world did you become a character formatting expert? And uh, he's a simulator. <laughs> how did you? Uh, how did you end up at Sony? What other films have you worked on? Give us the. Give us a. You know the one hour version of your life story. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, the let me say uh, it's a. Pleasure being here. I'm a I'm a groupie of the show. Yay! Huge fan. Yay! Um, Yay! He's I, not just saying that. It's been incredibly frustrating listening to my iPhone while I'm walking my dog and you guys talk, and I just want to yell at you like <laughs> answer Wampa. Yes, or, thank you. Uh, I pulled it eventually. <laughs> I was tired, but I got it. And uh, I glad you brought up Trent Reznor a couple episodes ago. I'm a huge fan of his, and I want I texted Jack last night. I'm like Trent Reznor did work on a video game soundtrack, Quake. But that's fucking right. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Could you suck? But that's how much I Andy, Andy played. I have a really bad memory. That's how much I enjoy the shows because I like that I interact with my phone, looking like a crazy guy when I'm walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Dan. And let me actually just say, I think if someone is a true listener and you go back into the uh, podcast, I think we actually talked about first bringing on the show back in like episode seven. Yeah. It's, so we've owed <laughs> this a long time. Owed this for a well, long, long time. We wanted to record at your house. True. And, and we're I talking about we an artistic We still could do it. Yeah, we still could do that. I like it. It's a good idea. Anyway, sorry. Back to you. So, uh, so yeah, tell us um, a little bit. Well, I, like, I started in industry. Um, I was doing another job, which I hated, and I knew what I wanted to do. My dream was to work on movies eventually. And I answered an ad in the newspaper to be a game tester. I'm like, oh, I play video games. So I took a huge pay cut. My dad was pissed at me. I lost all my medical benefits, <laughs> left a union job to go be a game tester. 
but that was my foot in the door. Play uh, worked at Midway Games in San Diego for a year, like a year, and then uh, saw a ad on the fridge saying, "Hey, we're hiring motion capture people." I'm like, "Oh, I don't know anything about motion capture. I'm not going to apply for that." But then. One of the other testers who was this cocky little shit, he's like, oh, I'm totally going to apply for this. I'm going to get this job. And that pissed me off. So I'm like, well, I'm going to apply too, just to show him. Just to prove him wrong? And I never thought I would get the job, but I did. Did you shank him afterwards? And did he no, also? He was pissed at me. Did though. he also get a job? No. He stayed a tester. <laughs> and, awesome. and I just did it to spite him, and I got Come it. Come up and... and <laughs> that's awesome. So you, 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 uh, you sniped someone out of their dream job. Yes. Well done. He Good. deserved it. He was a jerk. <laughs> And what uh, what studio was this for? Midway. Was it doing motion capture for Midway? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was in-house promotion. Um, so I did motion capture for a year, and then uh, got a call from a buddy who needed some help working on some cleanup for motion capture for Matrix 2. And I did that, and that was my first movie, Matrix 2 and 3. I only worked on Matrix 2 for like three days and got my name in the credits. <laughs> Nice. And that's impressive. That's, impre- that's, that's impressive yeah. for a studio. I don't think any of the I don't think any of the data I worked on actually impressive, got into the sir. movie, but got the credit. Nice. Funny, I've been on a film the whole time and I got a credit. <laughs> he gets three days, nothing in the film. Credit. <laughs> so that was my first movie, and then that got me into uh, Sony Imageworks and on Polar Express. And then I think Jack and Josh, you guys came on Monster House. I did. He did. I came on the very beginning of Beowulf. Okay. So I met Josh on Monster House and then I met Jack on Beowulf. Dan was my lead. Yeah. That was, that was a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a lot easier being a peon. Yes, it is. Oh, and then uh, actually, before I went to Imageworks, I ran my own mocap studio for about a year. Interesting. For this game company called uh, Point of View. And they basically hired me to run their own mocap studio, and I did all their motion capture for them. And then I was able to do some side work for other clients as well. So, it's, do you have your own setup? Yeah, I set up the cameras. Uh, the company bought all of my equipment for me, and then I set it up and I directed all the shoots and hired the actors and hmm. did all the cleanup myself. Did you now? Did you learn? So, when you took the job from game tester to that, did you? Did you learn everything at Midway in that first year? Like, yep. were you just taught by the guys who were there? Like, how, how did that work for, like, people I, listening who were maybe wanting to get into that? So I had no knowledge of motion capture, but I knew 3D Studio Max, which I learned at school. And I used this program called Character Studio, which is Max's version of uh, applying motion capture data to 3D models. And just, I was taught by the person there at the time. Um, some of you know him, Josh Hutchins. He taught me the basics of motion capture and then just doing it over and over again. I didn't realize you knew Josh from back then. That's yeah. awesome. Another guy who worked with us at Imageworks. And then uh, a lot, some of it was self-taught and just, you know, just doing it over and over again and just learned what worked and what didn't work. And then uh, taught, uh, then I learned Motion Builder and Maya and you really got a good flow going there, Dan. How was uh, <laughs> not, not going to work here anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how was working with uh, with Tim Burton on Alice in Wonderland? I didn't get to meet the guy. Oh, I'm a huge Tim Burton fan, and by the time I came on, everybody's like, "Oh, you should meet Tim Burton." Like you guys would totally hit it off. I'm like, "I," but he's not here anymore. 
<laughs> exactly. There's this girl I think you would totally be perfect for. She's super She's hot, but she though. moved away. Oh, yeah. She's yes. married, though. She died. <laughs> she died she, last she week. She died yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You guys would have been... You can go to the funeral. But the, the project was awesome. Um, I like the movie. A lot, a lot of people don't. I think Jack's not a fan. I'm not a fan. I hate. Josh we, is not didn't a Didn't we go nope. together? We did. We did. So we went to the... We went to for the my most birthday. ghetto oh, I was there. They went together. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of the version of the film we saw. <laughs> the 3D version? I'm not going to say yes or no to that, but I didn't like the You're version. You're not going to insult me because I thought the 3D version of Alice in Wonderland was one of the biggest atrocities of our entire industry. I would agree with you. It was horrid. Uh, it leads to bigger and better things. <laughs> as, as, yes, as we've since found out. Uh, it, it just wasn't. I, I, Dan, I actually liked the film. I just, yeah. I didn't like the film. Side side note, speaking of hair and cloth and stuff like that, I was in San Francisco this last weekend. and uh, As was I. I was at a wedding, and I'm sitting next to this, I uh, was not. this gentleman uh, named Javier. And uh, he goes, like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I work at DreamWorks and, you know, work in this. And he's just like, oh, no shit. I'm just like, yeah. And he goes, and he points to this woman over here. He's like, oh, that's the girl based on Brave. And it's this girl with big red hair, all curly and stuff. I'm like, shut up. She goes, no. Her friend is the one who wrote Brave. She's the inspiration for it, and her hair is too. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And I walk, I walk up to this woman. I'm like, oh, so I heard you're the Brave girl. And she's just like, yeah, that's me. And I'm just like, you kidding me? And then she's like, no. She goes, I had to go into Pixar, and they took a bunch of all these reference things of like pictures of my hair and everything. Did like they take that. a lock? Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, it's even what's even crazier is during the trailers of it. Um, her three-year-old daughter didn't know that she had done anything like that, you know, it did or anything that had to do with Brave. And she looks at it and sees the Brave trailer and just points to the girl and she's like, "Mommy," and was actually like, you know, "Hey." Does she have the accent? No. Okay. She, she does not. Scottish. That'd be pretty hot, though. She does not. She A was just basically redhead. based off the model this woman is. So I met the Brave girl for the hair. I missed <laughs> from my own hand. I missed uh, how Javier knows this girl. Oh, I don't know. He was just part of the friends or something like that. Fair enough. Yes. So, Dan, so how did you, from from doing motion capture, and like I said, when mm-hmm. I was there, you were you were the lead for uh, the tracking department. Yeah. Uh, how did that lead into... Hair and cloth. Hair and cloth, yeah. Um, at the end of Beowulf, there was no motion capture, so they're like, you can either try hair and cloth or we're going to let you go. I'm like, all right, Sick sign me up. <laughs> so yeah, I tried yeah. it and I fell in love with it. It was... I was looking for something more creative, and motion capture is very technical. It's if no one's seen motion capture, you know, it's where you have the dots on the body, and when you get the data, it's just a point cloud, and you're clicking on each point, saying this is the shoulder marker, this is the hand marker, this is the foot marker, over and over. And a lot of times, the computer gets them screwed up, they get swapped, and you got to tell it, no, this is the hand marker, this is the foot marker, and not the other way around. And it's very tedious and boring. So hair and cloth was a chance to like actually get into a little bit of animation, which I've always wanted to do, and it still has the technical aspect of it. So it's not as much as like you're animating a whole character; you're just animating parts of it and fixing like simulations and stuff. You uh, you're really interesting because they they obviously like you there, and it's Sony's very strange with that. When they like you, they do tend to find jobs for you. And for Dan in particular, you know, for a lot of people that when we finished Beowulf, it was like Josh had sink or swim, but it was a lot of just sink. And that <laughs> meant Sony said, we thank you. 
great, great, great job. Please, please leave the building. Uh, and they and they let they let a lot a lot of people go. Um, but there was people that they kept on, and they put them in these new roles. And I, I found it funny. I want to bring up that one of the roles they put Dan into for a while was a job he specifically told them, oh. <laughs> "I know nothing about, and I'm probably not going to be good at this. Don't put me in this." And they said, "Okay, you start tomorrow." The pipeline job? Yes. Yeah, they they're exactly. like, "Hey, we, <laughs> he, we don't have his a spot. coding ability is about as, as much as mine." When, awesome. he, when he started it. Well, they're like, we have a spot for you. Um, it's not in Heron Cloth, but how about Pipeline? I'm like, I don't know anything about Pipeline. They're like, oh, that's okay. Well, you'll figure it out. I'm like, I can't code. They're like, that's okay. So the first day, <laughs> the first day I meet the supervisor. Maybe they meant plumber? Pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> and for people that don't know what Pipeline is, it's where you like, basically you have a whole pipeline start to finish of the film and pipeline people are like the guys behind the scene that make sure the data goes all the way through okay from animation to hair and cloth to fx and lighting make sure shit don't break exactly and you're basically a plumber you're pushing the shit through the pipes (laughs) and the first day the supervisor comes up i was like all right like let me see what your coding's like like write a script and i'm like I can't code. I it would have been told awesome if you, I can't code. It would be awesome if you came back the next day with a 300-page script for a film. Movie script, right? And he's like, okay, well, you know something, right? Like, just write, like, make a little search thing. I'm like, I, no, seriously, I can't code. And then he's like, okay. I wouldn't know where to start. So I basically became tech support. Like, anytime animators, like, had something break, I would go into their file and... Actually, there's stuff I could do. Like, I didn't realize animators know. There's a lot they don't know about Maya. <laughs> there's a lot they don't know. And I'm like, are you serious? They're like, they're like, I can't find my character. There's no character in the file. I got deleted. And I look in, and there's a display layer turned off. And I'm like, oh, you just hit it. And he's like, oh, there he is. Okay. But and I can start working. It's important, Dan. You play that up, though. Like, it took you an hour. Absolutely. Okay, look, after a lot of research time, <laughs> yeah. I use my technical know how to find the answer for after you. After some R&D and a lot of investigation, I figured out. I fixed your file. Just load this one. What'd you do? <laughs> oh, I did some magic. Yes, exactly. Well played. So, um, so let's, let's, something we talk about uh, periodically here is, uh, is in the entertainment industry, it's not a bank job. It's not necessarily something that you can sign up for when you're 20 years old. And you can go uh, until you're 60. Uh, you know, some people are lucky and they actually can bridge stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of the time, like yourself, you end up with, uh, okay, I have a period of a, of a few months where I'm unemployed. I have some time where I haven't, uh, I didn't quite pick up a gig, whatever it might be. Uh, tell me about your experiences uh, in that regard with Sony. It sounds like if you've been there for eight years, you probably are uh, feel pretty confident as much as one can in this industry about job stability there. Not at all. Um, <laughs> not at all. It's like, I, I used to be very secure and like, Oh, I'll be here forever. I'll retire. And then one day they called me in the office and they're like, we're going to have to let you go. And that was like a shock. And, and then like they brought me back and now it's like, they used to have staff and now it's picture by picture hire. You're hired for the movie. And then like at the end they're like, well, if we have another movie, we'll hire you for that one. If not, then we're going to have to let you go again. And we're really seeing a transition in our industry where I think like people are becoming like gypsies. Like they're having to move to other countries or other states to find more work. And a Canada. lot of people are going to Australia, Canada, India, Singapore. We have friends like all over going where the work is. And unfortunately, we don't have some places are lucky like DreamWorks and Disney seem to be pretty stable right now. But it's a very interesting thing. I got called today <clears throat> by by a Korean person who is calling from Beijing 
asking me if I was interested in an employment opportunity. They called my work phone. I actually think they're calling. <laughs> That's awesome. They're just cold just calling everybody. Cold calling DreamWorks customers. Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, I'm on a contract right now, so I'm not open to negotiations. Yeah, everyone's in a contract. So what do you think about this? And I was like, I don't know who you are. I can't even understand. <laughs> what were they offering the name you? Of your company. Were they, uh, we uh, couldn't get that. Was part. it one of these? I literally what, could not understand of, what he was saying. Was it one of these? Uh, what do you do for a living? We have that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you get me a fighter jet? I will go to China if you can get me a fighter jet. I I work for Wheat Thins. Are you sure that wasn't HR just like testing you? (laughs) That would have been awesome. (laughs) That was was the most depressing thing to see when I was at Sony because I I took the job initially. It was so funny. I took the job initially because of this promise, very similar to what DreamWorks gave me, was this three-year mm-hmm. Beowulf. You know, we're starting at the beginning. We'll give you this three-year contract. There's no there's no overtime. Yeah, Corey, I'm talking about you right now. No, <laughs> all the years I've been here, I've only worked once. I Within do, the first I, two weeks of Sony, dude, I had my first Saturday. I do believe the same thing happened to you when you came to DreamWorks. They, right? Sean told me the <laughs> same crap. Hey, did you work overtime? Nah, man. Shit, no. Nah. I'm pretty sure you get your ass beat for saying something like that. First weekend. Hey, dude, we need you to come in on Saturday. I'm like, fuck. Did you dress up as Lumberg with the world's best boss? Yeah. yeah. No, I, to my just, defense, he did take a whole, like, three weeks off, yeah. like two weeks into the yeah. job. So he, he was that was perfect, too. Look, look, in case anybody doesn't know Jack's work philosophy, it's use all your vacation and sick days uh, in between, the first between month January and February. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great month. The weather's great. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, four four-day weekends yeah. every weekend. It's amazing. <laughs> Needless to say, it was very depressing after being at Sony for a while to – I had left and I had my own problems with them. But after I left, it was very depressing to watch friends of mine who had been there a long time, including Dan, uh, them come to because they were they were the senior people, the guys high on the totem pole who were making good money, and them come to them and say like, you know, we're just we got to keep up with everybody else, and we don't have work, so you need to leave now. Um, and you're definitely seeing a transition where people that are making too much money get let go, and then they bring oh, sure. people fresh out of college that are cheaper, and they're maybe That's- a little less like complaining about hours because they want to make their mark and they want to like the pro- the problem with that and, and this is this was my experience with uh when i worked on night at the museum for rainmaker is that they do that they think that's a good business model mm-hmm. the problem is is they still need to hire senior people experience. to monitor them <laughs> yeah. and that's the fucked up part they think they can get away with it and then they backfire i mean josh has been there too at studio they're like oh shit yeah, we okay okay the, we need to finish the project it's not working can't have the inmates running the asylum you can't there's a reason work. senior yeah. people are senior there's a reason unfortunately for better or worse we make what we make in the film industry same in television the budgets are what they are for a reason and when they try to skimp so far it shows mm-hmm. we all in this room could pick out movies that have gone to other places and other facilities with cheap labor and how it looks some of us in this room work with them currently <laughs> Well, and even in the... I'm not looking at anybody right now. <laughs> and you'll see Victory! It, you'll see it in the same movie. Some shots look great, and some mm-hmm. shots look like crap. And it's like the crap ones came from smaller studios where they don't have the expertise. Or overseas. Smaller and, studios or countries with massive populations. Yes. <laughs> and But, you know, on the same note, I'm not saying that they haven't put out good work. Just my, my few experiences working... It was really like that on Golden Compass with Rhythm because they sent half... Certain shots they would send over... Mm-hmm. And I would listen to the animation director the next day, complain and be like, we got to do it again. And they would have to redo so much work. At what point for a studio do you go like, I'm losing money. This is costing me more to send it there, get it, 
do revisions, get it back, go, okay, we got to redo this anyways. You know, it's interesting. I actually have recently started to form, started to form a semi-opposite opinion of that subject. So... Of course you don't. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that I, I don't agree that the quality level outside of the American entertainment industry is lower. In general, I agree with you. However, I think we as a consuming audience of, of entertainment have been misled mm-hmm. by how low we're being told that quality bar is. Let me explain. I think basically that because labor is cheaper in other countries – Companies will outsource to those those countries. I have since been exposed to some things that actually seem to say that the in entertainment, some of the outsourced studios in other countries are capable of doing much better quality work than they're actually putting out. But the reason that they're putting out the lower quality is because the American companies hold them to a much lower budget. Meaning, yes, we can do for lack of a better word, we can do crappy quality for you for that price, but we are also capable of doing much better quality for you at a higher price. At an equivalent price? No. Potentially? No, at a high, at a equivalent to America, mm. you mean? Yeah. No, I still think it's considerably lower than America, but you're talking about... So I, I think what's ended up this happening... Is your, this is your current experience, what you're, what you're finding? I am just saying I have experienced this in my career. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I think... All I'm trying to say is I think that it's a little bit of a slight misnomer to say that studios on the other side of the world are not capable of quality. I think that they are capable of quality. I think it's the American shrewd businesses that won't pay them the money that they would need to do better quality, even though it's lower than an American salary. So do you think it's incentive? So you think the skill level is the exact same? No, I don't. Okay. That's what I'm saying I agree with Jack on. I think that... I, I I do believe that we have specialized, as we talk about earlier in the show, mm-hmm. so much uh, in this country in certain areas that we become experts at those things, at those specific things. You know, Jack, you're a massive guy. You know this program and you know how to use it. And I don't know if that's a good thing anymore to know that. Uh, right, I know you, we all wonder that, right? Like I, you know, Dan sounds like you're like a hair and cloth guy with you know some other background, but you kind of specialize in these areas at different points in your career. Um, and I think we have become experts in that field in America. I, I think that the quality bar in general is lower because, because work ethic is generally lower in other parts of the world. However, I think the quality that you will see, you know, so you go see a DVD extra that was done in another country and you see that quality level and you compare it to the feature that was done in America and you say, man, this thing is crap. My question is, is it crap? Is it that crappy? Because the studio only paid them a dollar when they could have given three and gotten maybe not American quality, but higher level. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, uh, and, and that's what I was trying to say. I'm, I, I wasn't saying all of it is right because I've, I've been on projects that were horrible. And then just recently, I mean, Sean backed me up here. We, uh, we saw some stuff that came back from, for mad three, Madagascar three, that's going to already come out some, some crowd work that came back that, uh, from another country. That came back from India that they had done. That was, it was pretty good. I, I I thought it was really good, and I it was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't best, but it was pretty good. It was definitely passable for a movie without it being something that stood out as being here's horrible. My, okay, so maybe here's a better way of putting it. If you had given them more money than 
than you gave them. If DreamWorks had given them more money, maybe slightly more time, mm-hmm. could they have done better quality than what they gave you? I here's the thing. I don't maybe. I'm not sure what the turner. I've never worked with that team. I think one of the biggest things in general, and I, you know what, I still find it in our industry that bothers me are critical eyes, people who have eyes for looking at scenes and shots and being able to make the right call. I don't know if that's there, but I know at some point a VFX super or CG super looking at those shots and giving those notes, and I'm sure it's the same for you guys here, Jay, because that's the majority of what you guys are in this building are soups who look at that stuff are giving them notes, I just, you'd have to tell me, I don't know how they're addressing those. So you're saying more of, if they had more incentive, they would do better. I, I don't think that's I the think case. they're doing the best that they can. Yeah. Whether or not they're getting paid $50 an hour or $5 an hour or $500 an hour, you're going to get that same Im- output of quality I um, just because of maybe their talent level. Now, you can sit there and bring somebody in who's trained at place over here that's been worldly renowned sure and pay them more money yeah and you'll get better quality because it's a better quality um you know school or learning if you will okay i I think i disagree only in the fact that i think that in general the the places overseas are capable of doing better quality than that than actually make it to film what i don't believe is that they have the work ethic to to get there they don't have the motivation or the work. Well, and you've, there. yeah, I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into this. I mean, you're, or how much we can talk about this. I mean, we've had off camera talks of, of, of just, just <clears throat> culturally how they are over there and their work ethic over there. Um, and I'm sure, yes, I'm sure that hinders them quite a bit. But then again, we've talked also about Foxconn. Does that, their work ethic that's insane to all of us in this room, does that affect them? Outside the suicides, let's not go there. But does it affect the quality of the phones that are in all our pockets? Yes. No, I don't in know. A, you know. You know what I'm getting at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I, I wonder in different cultures now because now it is jumping. So you have, obviously, Dan brought up, you have what I'll call, let's call it the camps for CG right now. You have Vancouver. You have London. You have Singapore. You have a, a base growing in China. You have a base somewhat in Tokyo. Is China not Singapore? Yes, I'm sorry. When I, I guess when I say that, I guess outside of Singapore. Um, and I, I guess I would lump, I don't know, is, is DreamWorks facility going to be, is that in Singapore? We're in Shanghai. Okay, Shanghai. I guess I meant everywhere else, but um, Australia. And then you have spread out throughout Europe, you have a bunch of other places. But the, the, those are sort of the main hubs. Do you feel like in those other countries, though, not all of those are low-income countries. Obviously, the stuff going to Australia, the stuff going to... New Zealand. New, oh, yeah, New Zealand's another one. You know, the, the stuff going to those countries, you're, they're still paying a really decent wage to have you. I, I only think there's a couple countries that are paying... Because they're bringing a lot of low people, below. too. I'm talking about... I guess, yeah, I'm specifically talking about when you think of the typical outsource model of a very wealthy first-world country will pay a much lower rate uh, dollar amount for... A product than they would if they had bought it in America by going to a, like a second, third world country. I think studios are feeling pressured, though. I think Sony felt oh, pressured that they mm-hmm. just this isn't going to work, and I think VFX is a horrible business model. It is horrible. Everybody is. undercut each other, and it is. now they're paying for it. For the avatars of the entertainment world, there are five hundred uh, Meet the Clumps movies. You know what I mean? Like for every gem, there's fifteen hundred. It's, it's such a catch twenty two though, because they all, <clears throat> everything from the Notebook to Avatar has to have 
has has some visual effect to it. And what I mean by that is, notebook might only be color correction throughout the whole thing, but it's compositing. There's not a film that goes out now that doesn't have something. Now, and it yeah. goes everything from the mom and pop studio or the the little startup all the way to <laughs> ImageWorks. That's not entirely everything true. Everything has it. It's not entirely true. The <laughs> episode twenty seven of Nerdtastic in in three D streaming live onto YouTube does not have color correction. I'm not done with it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Do it in post. We're gonna we're gonna time it digitally after this. It's uh, it's just become really shitty. I mean, I, I'm Dan. Dan, I, I I can probably go into a bit. I, the rumor we had heard is that they Sony was towards the end of this project was telling people, well, you can not be here or you can go up to our Vancouver studio. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what do you want to do? So let's shift gear slightly. Josh. What? Yo, what's up? Thank you. That was oh, all. I just wanted to, I just was wanted gear shifting. Is that what you were doing? That was gear shifting, yes. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on you for a second. If you Put it on mind. me, baby. Mainly because you, I believe, above all of us, were very adamant that last week when Facebook announced <laughs> that they were going to give their initial public offering, yes. that that sucker was going to flounder and die. So can you talk a little bit about what happened this uh, week, its first week out on the market, uh, what we're seeing? Well, I mean... <clears throat> First of all, let's know, get investment I know Jack, corner. I, I, know I, can't, I can't wait. To I know Jack's, chime in. Jack's gonna be like, a, well, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, it did exactly one hundred percent exactly what I thought it was going to do when it when it when it. Basically, I wanted know, to lob up, and I told you so for you, so you could just <laughs> knock it out of the park. I win. Um, but yeah, basically, it started. It opened at what thirty-eight. Uh, well, it was thirty-eight. Like before, but then when it actually you were able to buy, I think it was like a, uh, I think it started like at forty three, didn't it? Yeah, it got up there. It got to like forty three, like right when it opened. Like I don't know if this was like a before hours thing or something, but uh, it got there and then it was just trickle, 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 trickle down, 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 and uh, yeah, I just nobody wanted to get it, and uh, it was also. Um, Lots of investors felt a uh, felt cheated because of the earnings report that they don't have an earnings report yet because they are a new company and uh, they didn't disclose all of their information out. So there's actually people suing uh, Facebook and um, what's the other company? Uh, well, the, Goldman, the Sachs, Goldman Sachs, I think the it is Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley, that's what it is. Morgan Stanley who put it out, saying that they did not disclose all the information, saying that uh, the number was actually lower. Um, should have been lower. Should have been lower. Like the company was overvalued at thirty eight dollars a share. Yes. So I think as we are speaking right now, I believe it's at thirty three something. I believe so. It's down, you know, six dollars a share. Um, what do we think about that? Do we think that's in more along the lines of what the company is currently worth, thirty three oh three, or uh, do we think that it's going to eventually go up? Or- it has a poss- It has a very. It has the potential to definitely go up. I don't think it's going to skyrocket to some astronomical amount or or anything like that but it does i mean every stock has the potential to go up if you just you know are producing money and actually giving money to your investors which makes them want to invest more now if you're sitting there going like well we're not really going to make this much your confidence in your the confidence in your company that is being shown out there to other people is low and you're not going to get the people that you need because again like we've said before the things that move these companies is 
big name heavy hitters, and there's only like a few of them. It's not the Joe Schmoes that, that you know buy it like us. You know, I'm going to buy a thousand shares. Cool, that's not going to do anything for this stock. It's not what's going to make this thing move. A thousand shares, good chunk of change. Yeah. So it's still not. I mean, I, so, I, 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 I mean, look at so, so, I, so I, Dan. I, what do you think? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I see you heard that. Go ahead, Dan. I have no opinion on this. Okay, Jack. Nor do I. So, so the the only thing that that uh, that I will wholly wholeheartedly admit that I was wrong about was saying that this would be the lowest you could buy it in. I, I said was very adamant. I'm like, this is probably going to be the lowest you could buy the stock at. Obviously, it's down six dollars, so you can buy it cheaper now. What I did say, and you can go back and listen to the show, is is that I saw it as a buy and hold stock. This isn't a turn. I never said it was going to be a turn and burn stock. I said you need to hold on to it. I said I see it going up probably around in the hundred and it's easy i i still think it's going to be around in there i look at linkedin which i'm not sure how they make any money but yet they're sitting at 99 dollars um you know something uh something uh one of the guys me and josh listened to who's an investor uh had mentioned and it was it's been pretty obvious the market's been shit in general and that didn't help it but i still think i still stand true that J- out of all of us ironically is jason you were the one who did purchase stock i did um I can't and believe I still, you still have it. I just didn't have. I wasn't. I don't have liquid money like that. I was gonna say now you can. It's even cheaper. You will get more for than you can. Is, for but I, I, I still think in the. I still think in the long run, there's too many users. They just need. They, their earnings report needs to come out, and then they'll get some of these people. Now, what Josh was saying about what they piss people off is, is that they told, they basically told the Morgan Stanley and Zuckerberg told the big banks, which are the movers and shakers of stocks. Not us, not Jason who bought stock, but told these big banks that, hey, our mobile app sales are down what we thought they'd be. We're probably not going to have the best earnings that we thought we were going to have. We just wanted you to know. Mobile app sales? Their mobile app market, what they make on ad revenue, I guess, from mobile apps. Um, And the bank said, cool, thank you for telling us. Now we know not to put money into your stock right now. They did not tell Jason Carter or any of us that they were going to do that. Now, the SEC found out about that, and they're not happy. Uh, and there's a bunch of pending stuff. And the, when that kind of stuff happens, that hurts stocks. What too. is the – sorry, the SEC? Is that I'm sorry, saying? SEC. Yes. What does the SEC stand for? Yes. Security Exchange Commission, I believe. SEC? I think F- it is that. FCC? FCC? Federal Communication no, Commission? No, it's not FCC. It's, 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 it's SEC. Security. Securities. Securities Exchange, Exchange Commission. Yes, I was correct. What's the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission? Yes. What is that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the, SEC, the SEC, I do know. And they're the ones who go after companies who fraudulently, or even Martha Stewart when she it's a good thing. went to jail for insider It's a very <laughs> good thing. And, it's, and, and that was a problem with this. So, you know, when, when, when people do that, uh, people don't want to invest either, especially big companies. But I, I still hold true that... Yeah, like I said, I, LinkedIn could be at ninety nine. The stock easily could be at ninety nine. It's just the market needs to turn and look at. They uh, need to put an earnings report. Out. Uh, Netflix, that thing tanked. It had like it seems like it has a great business model, right? Millions and millions upon millions of users. It started out at what a hundred and eighteen dollars a share, one hundred and twenty something a share. What is it at now? Sixty two. What did it go up to though? I don't even know. It went way above that, but whether it did that, it's now there, and so it's got to it's got to get a hundred percent 
hundred percent. I, 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 I know the math. Grow 100%. Don't sell your don't sell your stock. Don't listen to him. Don't sell your stock. So I'm gonna weigh in on slightly in just in that, <coughs> uh, and then we'll leave investors' corner. But uh, <laughs> I did uh, purchase a very small amount of stock <laughs> in Facebook, uh, just just a little bit, just to kind of see what would happen. And I tried something which I hadn't done before, which was I actually put a stop limit on on the stock, meaning Good. I bought it at a certain price. And then I did some quick math and said, this is, as in any stock, it's really a gamble. And I kind of said, okay, what am I willing to risk on this particular thing? Uh, I did some math, figured out what that stock price would be, and I put in a stop at, at, at that amount. And uh, we have not uh, reached that yet. I got got close. I got pretty close. <laughs> skimmed that skimmed that uh, floor there pretty close. But then it started to bounce back up a little bit. And my plan is, like I said, it's a small amount. My plan is just sitting on it for a while, see what it does. Uh, I I don't look at Facebook as a, a. I know we've talked about this last week. A viable business. Yeah. Uh, however, I do think that uh, I do think that there's going to be some hype, and we'll probably see that thing grow. I think that it'll probably, I don't know if it'll go up to 99, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes up to the 50 range. Uh, I, can, I can definitely see that if it's if it's being strong and stuff like that. It's not going to be, you know, I think anything big. I think it's going to literally do its little like up and down and up and down, kind of like maxing out probably around like 60 bucks and, you know, going as low as I would say like, you know, 22. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> It's okay. Won't go below twenty five. <laughs> Won't go below twenty five. You heard it here. Day, Won't go below twenty five. You heard it here. Hype stocks are just redeemed. because it's a hyped stock does not mean it's going to do well. Just because I didn't say that. There's nothing with hype. I know. I know. But that's why this is such a popular, popular stock is because of the, Sean. Uh, the hype of it. Yes, sir. I have something interesting to tell you. Okay. We occasionally on this show like to update people, as you know, on how much footage is being uploaded to YouTube, how often. Usually this is in increments, I believe that... Are we including our footage that's going up live yes, right now? Absolutely. I don't think we're live anymore, to be honest no, with you. No, my laptop turned off about 25 minutes ago. What? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So we're not live anymore. So What's it uh, say at the top, Josh? It says nothing. So I believe when we first reported it was something like once uh, every minute... There's something like five hours of YouTube footage that's uploaded, or five hours of video footage that's uploaded to YouTube every minute. Uh, and then I think we came back a couple months later and we said, wow, that interesting, that number has actually climbed up to, for every minute, there are 10 hours of video footage that have been uploaded on YouTube. Where do you get this from? This is a top secret website. <laughs> Tell you called, right the now. <laughs> called the internet. Called the internet. He might have heard uh, of it. <laughs> I, it's a, actually I got it from a few different places. This latest statistic actually came from Gizmodo. Uh, anybody guess? Seventy-two. Yes, I read the email. That's a really good guess, John. <laughs> All right, so some quick math for you here. So for every one minute that goes by, there are seventy-two hours of video footage that are uploaded to YouTube. That means that after just under two hours, I believe, I'm, I I think this is the math. Just under two hours. There's a week's worth of video footage on YouTube. But how much of this is original content versus people re-uploading trailers or movies? I don't. Or... There, I don't believe there's a, dis- a distinct okay. distinction there. Uh, at the end of at the end of one hour, I believe that we y- you get something like let's see, 
something like a year's worth of footage. But the, the key that I did, if you keep doing the math, keep compounding the math, up and up and up and up and up, at the end of one year, okay? So if you were to sit down right now and try to get caught up on YouTube and say, okay, for the next year, I'm going to do caught up. I'm gonna do nothing but watch YouTube video footage. At the end of one year, you will never get caught you up. You would be 1,738 years behind. One thousand. Jason Carter, everyone. <laughs> one one thousand. What? Do you that's, just wait for things that aren't that's, funny that's, or entertaining at I'm all? I'm not gonna lie. I sit here and do that. No, the thing that that doesn't really blow my mind. The thing that blows my mind is every single day, it's it's exponential. It's a growth. Every single day, there's more uploaded than the day before. Right. So the, it's Permanent. impossible to ever, 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 ever catch up. Ever. May twenty sixth. YouTube became self-aware. <laughs> May, 20, May 27th, the nukes were launched. Where is all this footage the nukes being stored? With cats tied to the front That's of the that Skynet. That dude. is an excellent question. You know, I in space. If we haven't said this before in the show, the person who manages there's a, there's, a, there's a Dyson sphere around the sun. It's holding all of this data. <laughs> the person whose job it is to manage the current farm that houses all of this data. And then also projects future growth. 130,000 years old. <laughs> he keeps drinking out of a grill. Yes. You have chosen poorly. <laughs> that this guy deserves an award. That's amazing. Oh. I wonder what uh, Vimeo's, like, how they compare to YouTube as far as, like, how many hours of data they have? I just like the quality of Vimeo. Yeah, the, the quality is pretty. I don't nice like their interface Vimeo. though. I like their couch mode. That's awesome. What's what is couch it? mode? Some of enlightenment, Sean. Some of the some of the Vimeo Vimeo pages you can like click a couch mode button and it like dims the whole screen. Oh yeah, it yeah, it's full all black. Screen and... On your thing, it's got a little tab and it goes all minute. Yeah, it goes all minute. So let me. Ooh, I like let's, it. Uh, sexy. Good. Let, let's let's take another turn here and uh, Dan bring you back into this. Uh, a game got released last couple weeks here called Diablo Three. Which is was hyped up, error thirty seven. Yeah, so so talk talk about your experience <laughs> uh, and talk about everybody's experience. I cannot play this goddamn well, game because it always errors. Rule me number out. one is don't ever play a Blizzard game on the first day. You're not going to get in. It, it's just going to give you. Is it, it, it's because you have to actually sign into their network to yeah. even play to the game. That that was the their game. fault by making you be online to play a single player game. Yes, and can you only play it if you're online? You have to be online. You have to be you online. Have to have an and the beta connection. was that way, and and I. I had this error throughout the entire beta where I would play through a level and it would literally kick me out four times a checkpoint. And you can't I never had go that. to the next section until you hit the checkpoint. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, I, I mean, it, it's a beta. You know, yeah. Yeah, you could toss that up. What I found funny is, well, yeah, the, that just went into the main game. Well, too. the fucked up thing is, it did. It just went into the main game, and I have the same problem with the with the. So full did you game buy? Did installed. you buy the full game? I, yeah, the, one of my aunts gave me the it, as a Christmas present. It pre-ordered before it pushed, like the however many months it would push. <laughs> so I just Back got it like two days ago, and I'm like, 2010. Oh, Happy like, birthday! Here's your Diablo three yeah, pre-order. Pretty much. You'll see in two years. So Dan, what are, I, what are your? Uh, am I the only one here playing it besides Sean? I've Sean sounds like he doesn't play. Booting, it keeps booting. I, I've had game. no problem beyond the first day. Um, it works fine for me now. But being a huge Diablo fan, like I grew up with Diablo one and Diablo two, I used to do LAN parties, go to friends' houses, we all hook up our computers, and back Dang. then, <laughs> sorry, you're on the right show. Yes, I belong here. 
And that was before internet, so you ha- the only way you could play was you had to physically take your computer to somebody else's house and hook your computers up and, and this do is back a when the computers were like ten feet tall and weighed. Oh, you carried your huge monitor. And <laughs> yes. It wasn't a flat screen. <laughs> Mine still does. It was, it was ridiculous, but I mean, it was it was fun because you got a bunch of people together and played Mountain Dew. Um, I I like the game. It it's that was good times. Man. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Let's do it again. I miss land. Not to cut. I, I miss land parties. We need to have a yes. land party. I'm totally down. There's something really fun about having it. It's what absolutely. we do now, like with the absolutely. No, I propose. Jason Smollett is like Minecraft. I propose we have a land party and broadcast from it, and then everyone can hear. I think it's a great fennel. idea. Angry fennel. So the game itself, though, Dan, what do you what do you thinking so far? Are you digging I, it? I, like, I'm digging the other it. Ones? It's it's fun. It's a, a game that me and my wife and friends could play. It you can jump in and out really easily. It's co-op. There's it doesn't have all the stress that WoW had, World of Warcraft. Um, it's it's fun. And when you say stress, you mean by like raids and how you have you to always have had 20 to worry. other people with you? and You had to have schedules like, okay, everybody's going to be on Wednesday at 9 o'clock. And if you're not there, then everybody got pissed at you. And it was just like for people that have lives or like okay. don't want to be on a schedule for video games. Or, like, work, or work six or days work, a week, 12 hour or, days. Exactly. God damn it, Leroy. Whereas Diablo, you could pop in and out at any time. Um, it doesn't affect like what mission you're on or anything. It's it's super easy to find your friends. Like it looks at like your Facebook and says, "Oh, here's your friend that's been playing, and do you want to add them to your friends list?" Like the stuff that that they did right, like works really good. Um, and it's just like me and my wife will be playing, and all of a sudden, like one of our friends will just pop in, and they're joining our quest, and they're helping us out, and then. The enemies scale based on you could play up to four people. So if you have four people, the enemies get way harder. If you have like one or two, they're easier. So the game changes on the fly based on who joins your party. Warrior needs food and, badly. Exactly. <laughs> and I know you're not a fan of the game, but no, it's, it's funny you say that. I had a, I had a roommate actually who, when, who I was visiting in San Francisco this weekend, and he he was a he was a Mac person, and we had in our house we mm-hmm. he had his G four I think it was or G three, and then my computer and. I'd play Quake and all these other games, and when Diablo came out, he was able to play that. Yeah. So I'm playing with all these other friends, and he's like, no, no, you got to get this. And he eventually just caved and bought me the box set. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, you're playing with me. <laughs> and my first experience was Diablo 2, and they all had all the gear, everything else. Like, no, 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 we got this. And they rushed me to, to hell. Like, I'm not lying. Within, within 35 minutes, I was on the last level. I had nothing. They're like, okay, we're going to beat it up, and all you have to do is tap it, and then you'll get all the gear. I'm like, what? So I did that, and then I got all this gear, and then like, okay, now we can play for real. I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> it's boosters. I don't. It, I, it, there, 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 there's fun aspects to it. Uh, Jason, actually, you might like it. Um, to me, it's I, like uh, I have played it. Have you? Yes. Which Diablo? Diablo three. Okay. I actually uh, played it long, long before it came out uh, two years ago down at Blizzard. Oh, you went to Blizzard. That's right. And uh, I wasn't a big fan, though. It's not necessarily the game. I thought the game looked gorgeous mm-hmm. even back then. It's just not necessarily my type of game. Uh, I don't know. What it, this may sound <laughs> sound horrible, but the whole casting magic spells and figuring out which ones, and maybe that was just the character I had, but figuring out what goes where and different combinations make different things. It just got very confusing to me. Very which is interesting. The man from who Minecraft. just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah this, it's, this piece of wood combined <laughs> with this stone and a T position will create this lamp. Very different. Very different. I think Minecraft's more complicated. Yeah, so do I. But uh, Minecraft, well, the Xbox 360 <laughs> version, actually uh, it tells you exactly what you need, what assets you need to create what. So you feel like Diablo 3 is just not easy enough for you. <laughs> sure. Well, Okay. The, okay. The, the one thing I like about Fair Diablo enough. 3 and 
Jason might agree with this, is there's a story. And I like games that have story versus Definitely. like competitive games like COD where I have some 12-year-old like who's kicking my ass because he plays 50 hours a week, whereas I don't have the time to put into it to get that good at it. Whereas, but then again, you did put in that time to wow on other games. Yeah. It's just types it's of games. Different. That's how I always view that. You'll get arguments, about, well, that game sucks. I'm like, all right, what do you play? Well, I play WoW. Conversation over, my good sir. <laughs> and, I walk, and I walk along. And I don't it's, hate Call of Duty. Call of Duty's fun. No, and, you, just, you've, and you've, play, and you've play played with us in the past. Yeah, you've played with us in it's the just, past. That's awesome. What do you play? WoW. See ya. <laughs> Conversation wow. ends there. So I, I enjoy it. I, I think it's a game playing. type. I, I get what they're trying to do. Like I and Sean's a huge fan of these too. I, I'm a huge fan of RTS games. Yes, mm, which are it. you know it's the same as Diablo, the top. I got a present for you. Yeah, and, and like you said, uh, I think it was you that was talking about. <laughs> well, we Starcraft played Starcraft. Too. We played Starcraft too. Like, yeah. uh, which I thought I still think is an awesome game. Um, I can't wait for was it Heart of the Swarm? Yeah, yeah. They need to hurry up and finish that. <laughs> <laughs> and th- I do have problems with Diablo three. Like I know. Like, the controls are exactly the same as the other ones, and I think in this day and age, especially after playing WoW, like, I kind of wish I could move my character using the keyboard instead of just mouse clicks. To me, that's frustrating when you're in, oh, in the heat it? of battle, right. yeah, yeah. and you're trying to click to go somewhere, and you just, or you're, trying to, you're trying to shoot something, and you actually <laughs> move into the middle of the fight. And I'm like, damn it, I don't want to be surrounded by 30 monsters getting my ass kicked. I want to, like, move in a different Josh, direction. Josh, is this your kind of game? I played uh, two... Uh, before they're okay um the the thing that bothers me uh with games like that is having so many different combinations like as you were saying jason um it's just kind of it makes it a little bit more of work when i just want to have fun sure and and to me it's just kind of like you know i enjoy to use a portion of your brain that you don't want to use well, I mean, like I enjoy like puzzle games, like like looking in a room and trying to figure out how to get up there and, and trying to figure that. That's cool, but it's like if I have to sit there and then level up to this and then bring in this potion and then do this. That's it's kind of like how I felt the same way with what's the um it was like the Marvel's superhero one. Oh, oh yes. The Alliance or... Uh, yeah, Ma- Marvel Alliance or something so like that. So you don't that. like which RPGs. Is, which which like, is kind of... It, it's kind of a like that that's, same... That's what it is for me. I just don't like RPGs. But see, to me, the, the whole perk system and see, and Call of Duty, like, I don't... That frustrates me because I'm like, I don't know, like, which perks to put together and which you know weapons. And, I, and to me, that, like, that's no, over my enough. head. You know, dude, fair enough. I, I can see that being the same thing. I think that's I think that's them trying to appeal yeah. to RPG people to have those things in there. And I like I, and I agree with you. Like I don't want to sit there and have to read a strategy guide on how the best way to play a game. I just want to play it and just kind of. But at the same time, I don't want games to be dumbed down. And too many times, like games have gotten a lot like simpler because they're trying to like make the general audience happy. Yeah, appeal to a broader appeal to a broader audience. Because I, I used a, to play all those things like back in the day, and I'd spend hours upon hours. Maybe we just don't have the time hours. as we've gotten older. Like that have, really could be it too. It's like my my oh absolutely my tolerance for putting that much time into it and stuff like that is just eh, <laughs> you know. I, I also feel much more sensitive to the repetition in the gameplay as well. Which when I played through the Diablo yeah. through beta, I definitely felt a lot of that repetition. That was my problem with WoW. Like why I stopped playing WoW was like it felt like a job. <laughs> 
I felt like I was yes. doing the same thing over. I'm like, I should be getting paid to do this. Oh I'm not gosh, paying yeah. to do it. That's such a great analogy. It could I, be mine gold and sell it to nude. <laughs> Sean, I don't know. You're going to hate me for saying this maybe, but I felt the same exact way about Assassin's Creed. I Actually, I do feel it, that way about Assassin's just, Creed. And I was thinking about it recently because I went to play the third one and I put it in and I was like, all right, I'm going to jump to this room. Now i got to leave this thing. I'm going to go find some feathers. You know what? I don't want to play this game. Yeah. And I, and I just stopped. <laughs> like, why am I doing and this? And you know what I did the same day? I went back and I played Half-Life 2. Because Much Half-Life 2 is such a fun game. And it's got... It, it's a first-person shooter. Great story. That has puzzles in it. And great story. You never get lost yep. in the game. Because the you, level design is top-notch. Okay. Oh, okay. Many times. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And the, and the episodes, episodic releases they've done for it are... They awesome how they add to the story. I really, really dig it. When you guys go to Valve to give them your nerdy, <laughs> can you ask them where the hell is the next episode? Absolutely, right, absolutely. <laughs> because they never ever get that from the uh, from the podcasting world. So, I got a couple things, Jason. As I as I as I look over to you, the, I don't the control check, this show. The double check. Oh, you are the I, keeper. I, you I are the simply, keeper of the keys, my friend. I simply guide us. So I got two things. I got two things. Moments. I got two things. They're, they're, they they fall into the realm of the uh, of of Jason's favorite game. But one of them is is our uh, our honorary member, X Sinister. When I was in San Francisco this last weekend, I got to have dinner with uh, said person. He is a real live person. Yay! <laughs> and uh, Sinister, is he large and black? He's he's not. He's uh he's he's about my height, a little shorter, about Josh's build and he's a hundred percent man. He is, he is a cyborg though, right? He kinda is. Okay. No, Did it was you awesome. Kill anybody? I wanted to. <laughs> I, I like. I no. I saw his. I saw his police badge and stuff. It was pretty. Nice. It was, it's the the flip open kind. I like wanted him just to bust some ass. But he's such a nice guy. Like you, he, he's just. So, yeah, I don't know what I meant he by that. He tips the valet and breaks his neck after. <laughs> But I had it was cool. We had uh, he came out with my wife and my daughter, and uh, two of my friends were in town. And he brought another guy that me and uh, Josh uh, play with. Uh, BJ is bad, and um, it was awesome. It was just great to it was great to hang out with those guys. And it was so tough though not to nerd out at the end of our table about Call of Duty. And there were times we started to, and I could just see my wife slowly look over at me like. You pull need it, to step, pull it put, back, pull it back, pull it back, because we were getting. You mean like I do every episode yeah. of the show? What's yes? What was funny though, obviously, is I, to me, having played games and uh, internet games for a, a large portion of my later life, is that it's not uncommon for me to meet somebody I've talked to online for a long time in person, mm-hmm. and it just be okay because I've known that person. <laughs> to my wife and other people, to say we were driving up to the restaurant, and it hit her all of a sudden. She's like, "Have." Do you know what he looks like? And I said, I know, I've never met him. And then it hit her, do you know what BJ looks like? I'm like, I've never met him either. Do you, you've seen him? No. Nope. nope. How do you? I'm like, just let it go. She's like, so we could be walking into just, I'm like, it's a blind yep. date. But to me, one of my best friends who was in my wedding, Rajiv, Josh knows, who was in my wedding as well, I, I had played with for years quite competitively. And he lived in California. I lived in Florida. And when I moved over here, he was actually the first person I hung out with, and it turned you know one of my best friends. So to me, it's just you get to know certain people online and their personas, and if they're actually who they are, and you get a you know you get a vibe that that's how they're going to be in real life. And you know, Sinister is no different than that. Yes, stand up guy, and uh, was awesome to uh, to be able to hang out with him for the weekend. Uh, second part. I just want to point out real quick. Josh just closed his laptop, so now I'm in a Google Plus hangout by myself. <laughs> I think it's cool hanging out with myself. <laughs> uh, 
It died. The second part is is that Call of Duty released these crazy map packs that I find interesting because they're geared towards sort of kind of competitive multiplayer kind of gaming. They're two on one on one maps, two on two maps, and three on three maps. <laughs> and, I tried that the other night actually. Yeah, it, it's it's actually very fun because the maps are much smaller. And where we found the most fun to be is when you have parties of six and higher. You jump into those lobbies and you spawn on top of each other. And, and we play, there's different game types you can play in Call of Duty, which makes it kind of fun. There's a one called Gun Game where you start with the most basic gun. And then as you kill somebody, you move to the next gun. But if somebody knifes you, you go back down to the, the previous gun. And, Humiliation. And people don't like when you knife them a lot. <laughs> So we had played, and, and, and our good friend, our good friend Magnus, our good friend Justin, uh, were playing, and uh, I, I had done well for a bunch of maps, and it was the last map of the night, and I, and I, I killed a couple people, and at one point, your third kill in, you get a thing called a tack knife on a gun, which is a very fast stabbing knife, mm-hmm. and then you probably are twelve guns away, but I said, well, that, this this gun's this is pretty fun, so. I just decided for the rest of the game to knife people and extended the game a lot longer than it needed to go. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's very entertaining. This is something, J- uh, Jason, I think you would even appreciate. To be running at a person who has a gun, but as you're running, you're running at them in a zigzag so they can't shoot you, knowing you're going to knife their forehead and take them back down a gun. <laughs> God, it's making me feel good inside just thinking about it now. <laughs> and to hear the person on the other end of the mic, like Justin, you're listening right now, screaming, Jack, get, Jack, get away. Jack, Jack, get, what, what, Jack, put the knife down. You son of a bitch. So they just go back one gun or all the way back to no, the beginning? They, they go back one gun. Now, if they spawn and you knife them again, they go back get another gun. So we just spawn camp and then... Like... There's a lot of people who stayed on the first gun for a lot of the game. <laughs> yeah, they can't, if they're on the first gun, there is no going back below that. But uh... You just brought up an interesting thing. How does it feel to have a last name uh, synonymous with a really, really horrible way of playing... Camp? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I, I made my peace with it. <laughs> Dan Camp. That was, that was my soapbox, OJ. Feel free to... Well, so uh, so got a few minutes left here. Why don't we talk about... Um, let's talk about apps for a second. I, I think it's, it's personally very amazing what people are creating in the mobile space. Um, tablet or phone. Autodesk, makers of... A lot of the big professional software that's used in the graphics industry, Maya, I know we all use, Motion Builder, Dan, you mentioned earlier in the show. Um, Autodesk has a new initiative that they want to, you know, their their main product line is geared towards uh, graphics professionals, right? authoring 3D content. Um, most of their packages are, or to uh, engineers, architects, CAD designers, things like that. Autodesk has recently started to do this push into trying to to appeal more to a hobbyist uh, level of, of user base, and they've recently created this thing called One Two Three D. One Two One Two Three D. You have it. Mm-hmm. That's how we create movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I, I haven't actually played with it, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts. But correct me if I'm wrong. What I understand about it is it's basically um, a way for you to be to be able to take pictures mm-hmm. uh 360 degree pictures around an object uh take a whole bunch of them from all kinds of different angles and this software can basically stitch them together and algorithmically create a 3d uh, model with textures. Correct. with textures on it 
Have you have you used it before? Yeah, I played with it a little bit at work. I took one of my figurines and took pictures all around it. And you, what's interesting is you take all the photos, then you upload it to their server. You create an account, and then they stitch it on their end, and then they send it back to you as a as an image that you could rotate around. And so, so is that all you get? Is just this image you rotate, or can you physically, if you say, <laughs> "Hey, that's awesome." I'd love the mesh now. Now, for I, people in our industry to say, hey, I'd love the 3D mesh. Can I have an OBJ? Can I I have- think you can get the point cloud, and then you can use it for, like, maybe... I don't think you can do it yet, but I think at some point you might be able to use, like, a 3D printer to, like, maybe print out or use it as so, a way to prototype stuff. So can you do the cassette tape thing where you take a picture of a model, and then you print it in 3D, and then you take pictures of that, and then you print that in 3D and take pictures of that and, and eventually <laughs> find out what kind of puddle of muck it turns into. That would be a really interesting experiment yeah. to try. How far down the rabbit so, hole you can go. Yeah. So you have the iPad app? Yes. Yeah, okay. So uh, There's not an iPhone one for it. No, it's no, no, no. IPad. But actually, 123D... Uh, so 123D Catch is the mm. actual iPad app. 123D is actually a desktop software that they created. So oh, you okay. can take a normal camera and you can take pictures of something, load it into the software. It'll do the same thing. It'll load it up to a cloud... <laughs> Give you back a model. So uh, the way I understand it is that with the iPad app, you can take your iPad, take pictures of this 360 degrees uh, of an object all the way around it. Then you can upload, log in, like you said, Mm -hmm. upload the data, and then it'll come back with this thing you can spin around. Now, the way I understand it is you can actually take that capture and email it to yourself, and then you can load that into the actual desktop software, at which point you can uh, export it as an OBJ and FBX, oh, okay. there we go. which are popular output formats for some of the major, major 3D software packages. So I, I have used it myself. Mm-hmm. I had very mixed results. You get Yeah, it's not perfect. You, you get a lot of holes it, in yeah. it. And- I, used it, that what you showed me. Yeah, so I I broke a couple of the rules. There's very specific guidelines in where it works well and where it doesn't, and I tested that and pushed it a little bit. So I have a model of my coffee table in my living room, which actually turned out pretty good. And then I have a uh, I did a, a red cup, and uh, I took 360 degree of that, and it clearly says try not to take pictures of uniform objects. Try to have pictures of things with you know different angles and stuff. Asymmetrical. And so my uh, yeah asymmetrical. Thank you. And so my uh, my the model that came back of the cup was a table with a red lump. Just a little tiny. <laughs> was red it lump. really? Yeah. <laughs> it literally just looked like a red wart on top of this uh, table. Do you still have the Tinker Bell we created? Uh, which just basically oh, we tried just to. This, it looked like someone sneezed onto a napkin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I had, you know, like I said, some mixed results with it, but I think the idea is so ingenious. <laughs> the one I, I, I downloaded it too, and the one thing I, I maybe you guys can answer this for me: Does it have to be the same distance? Like, can you get close-ups of it? Because I think that's what I didn't know if you could. You're do supposed because... to fill the frame. There's a whole yeah. instruction page <clears throat> that you're supposed to fill the frame <laughs> with the object. Fuck that. You want it to be on a textured uh, surface. Because it needs to yeah, differentiate needs, the object from yeah. the surface it's on. Lighting obviously matters. Um, so you want to be in a well-lit area. But I mean, like to to do this microphone stand. You know, we can go. I can go around it. I can go. You know, do a high one, do a low one, and stuff like that. Now, if I came in close and then did a bunch of close ones, that too, won't work. It yeah. won't work. It wants to fill the whole frame with the object. Yep. It's going to be interesting though when they start putting like the connect depth cameras onto these devices, so you can actually take yeah. a depth picture of these things and represent that in three D. Absolutely, it's. I see it as a starting point. Like I don't think it's quite there yet, but it's it's pretty neat for something that's free and just to play around with. But at some 
some point, if they keep developing it, I could see it being useful. So here's here's what's funny. If you actually read more into the um, the whole idea of what Autodesk is trying to do, the desktop uh, application or software, they've actually designed it to be really, really interesting. So you can take this 3D model that you've created based on uh, photo captures, whether it's with the iPad or it's with just regular photos from digital camera, and you can take that 3D model and it will actually, you can say, I want to print this out. And what it will actually do is it will give you, it will basically convert it into a cross-section cardboard cutout thing. So say you have a, uh, a picture of a ball or a model of a ball, it would give you like the layers and then a spine to connect them. And then it will actually give you the blueprint so you can put that on a piece of cardboard and cut them out and show you how to assemble them. So, you know, those pieces of art that are really popular are like Urban Outfitters where it's like a deer head that's made out of like cross sections of cardboard. Have you guys seen that? Cardboard? It's the same. Ex- it's the same. Yeah, it's the same exact thing, except it does this with any one of your 3D models. Okay, so if I go and map a dead moose... I can create that. Absolutely. Sweet. And so it's the... So get Bullwinkle. What's interesting is it's... <laughs> I think it's designed for you to be able to capture... I mean, I, this is what I think Autodesk is going for. This is my interpretation is that it's designed for you to be able to capture... Uh, capture something that's maybe important to you but otherwise not yours or important moments in life that you can... Like, say you can get a subject, uh, like your kid, to stand super, super still on their... I don't know, first day of school or something. And you could actually have a sculpture at the end of this process, an actual sculpture out of this thing. You know, so right now we, we capture memories mainly through video, through photos, through 3d video, if you're really a hobbyist, but now you can actually have something that's a, a 3D model, like a real kind of representation or interpretation of. I want to be a real boy. <laughs> I was actually thinking of trying real it out on, on my baby when he's sleeping in the crib, just yeah. walking around taking pictures. And that's creepy. Or other people's babies. <laughs> there it is. There's the Dan I know and love. Hey, buddy. <laughs> she can keep didn't, her clothes on. Ah, touche. Touche. Didn't didn't Lennon, our good friend Lennon, do that with his son? Didn't he, yeah, very he did early, of his face. didn't he very early on do one of his mm-hmm. face that he sent? And so, gentlemen, <laughs> it is about <laughs> that time, oh, about that time, where we start to wrap up. And at the end of every show, as you guys know, we like to recap a couple of things. One, last week's challenge. Did it. I'm looking at every one of you. Okay, so let's start with Dan. What's the challenge? I didn't listen to... Uh, last week's challenge things. was to spread... That's a good thing. I should recap. Spread kindness by whenever you go out. Spread kindness by paying people money. (laughs) Spread kindness by doing something more kind than you normally would by tipping someone more than they than maybe the amount that they deserve. So the challenge was to actually go out and do this. Yeah, yeah, basically. And so, uh, so you didn't know about it, so you're exempt, Jack. Dude, I got my tip on like crazy. I'm sure Josh did too, like crazy this weekend. Yeah? Because of taxis, car services, restaurants. That, I was in San Fran till yesterday or the day before. Uh, one of the times that we were out, uh, actually uh, at this, this the best, supposedly the best Chinese food in San Francisco, I made a conscious effort. To t- he, he was amazing. He was really funny and uh, went above and beyond. And I also did that for one of the drivers too. Very cool. Very, very cool. Sean? I did not eat out over the week, but I did pick up food, so I tipped the pickup person. Cool. 
helpfully. Very cool. And I, I don't know about you, but whenever I go to a place to like take out food to take back home, I never tip them because they're not providing me a service or providing me a food. So any tip for me at that point is nice. So I, I, there's only two, I places, would agree with you there. There's only two places that I tip because they, I, I love them and I've known them the Car- entire Carl's time. Been out here. No, <laughs> no, thank you. Red no, there's a Korean barbecue place in Burbank <laughs> on first uh, called Korean barbecue. And I tip them every time I go there because I love their food. And they're nice people, and they say hi all the time, and they're just cool. Oh, Mr. Fish! <laughs> but I don't order the fish. Where is this? It's in Burbank. Is Why this are we Seoul, going Korea Barbecue? Love that place. Love that place. Tip them. Didn't know you went. Oh, yeah. Love that place. I'm not a fan of Korea. Actually, my parents found it. Nice. <laughs> I, I, I want to I tip the Burger King by your house. Every time I'm I there, I just want to tip them. Oh, that's what it was. You know what? When you, get, when you get the receipt... Just fill out the survey. You get a free burger. <laughs> was the challenge only tipping, or could yes. you do anything nice? No. Was, okay. Well, high fives work, work too. So. <laughs> high fives. What about hugs? Or? Yeah. Josh, what about you, buddy? I did. There was a uh, there was a woman who uh, spicy. She showed me her boobs. Too so sexy. No. Uh, Your mom does count. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, there was a, a woman at a bar. Uh, she was a bartender. Um, she just looked like she was kind of just a little frazzled, like, you know, it was very busy and everything. And uh, I basically, my bill wasn't that much. It was like $16. I got monies to make you happy. <laughs> it was $16 <laughs> was my bill. But I ended up then tipping $16. Wow. Ooh, good for, good you, for you, man. Sir. That's awesome. Those strippers loved that. my tips for some <laughs> reason. They were like so happy, Jason. The more I gave them, the happier they got. Did you do this, Jason? I sure did. I yeah. sure did. I uh, I went and, and picked up soft serve ice cream for my pregnant wife. And uh, like I said, usually when I'm at a place and I'm not getting a, there's not a service. I'm just buying a product. I don't tip. But I, uh, I actually threw down ten bucks for uh, for a guy. So I actually gave him more than the the actual bill. Of the did ice they cream. ring a bell or do anything crazy in there? No, he just looked at me. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah. He's like, thanks, man. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. I so, at least would have got an up top or something. Right? <laughs> uh, so we, Sean, I'm so incredibly glad that you're back for the second week in a row. We hope to make to make this a streak. Yep, yep. Maybe even a kill streak. Yeah, maybe because Adam is apparently gone today. We forgot <laughs> to announce that. Do we want to point out <laughs> at the end of the show? Do we also want to point out that obviously we are recording on Thursdays now? I've been getting a lot of like, "Hey, is there not a show on that day?" Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. So. Uh, we all looked at it as a group, and we agreed that it would actually be best to, and for everybody well, we to get. We want fennel the, here. Yeah, we wanted to get the most attendance. We wanted everybody it's to come. So we fault. thought, no, not your fault. We wanted you to be a part of it. So and Thursdays work for everybody. So we're moving this to Thursdays. So Sean, yes. because you're here, yes. and I didn't want to put you on the spot last week, I'm putting you on the I spot this it. week. So who? I guess everybody, all five of us, or all four of us now, got uh, fifteen fifteen points. points. So Dan, in case you haven't heard, for our weekly challenges, we are now. Uh, attaching a point value to that okay. weekly challenge and the goal is to uh, basically collect as many points as you can do as many challenges as you can and we're going to have a point we haven't decided when but at some point we're going to say okay here's the current total tally of points whoever is hit that or is closest to that is eligible for some undisclosed something and we won't yeah. tell you anything more about what that might be something, but uh, something, something, there will be something something. <laughs> something special maybe you two could come join us on the show who knows but uh, but something will happen, and so we're challenging everybody to actually start looking at this as a game and see if you can get yourself some points. So we're going to you're, it's on the honor system for right now. You're going to have to um, keep track of your points yourself and uh, be honest about it. But uh, but yeah, so Sean, 
But we have a new challenge this week. Yes. So I am the challenge bringer, and I'm bringing it. You are challenge the keeper of the challenge. And uh, I actually have some inspiration for this challenge. There's a bit, a bit of a backstory. So I was, um, for anyone who doesn't know, Phil Tippett, who is the mm-hmm. owner of his own studio, very long-time old-school special visual effects person. Star back Wars. when they actually called them special visual effects. They don't call them that anymore. Right. Um, he uh, and a bunch of his understudies have resurrected a, a 20-year-old project that he started way back when called Mad God. And Mad God is essentially this every visual effects trick in the book, <clears throat> stop motion, filmic, just a cinematic crazy mash of cool ways to do effects it looks and great. story. And it looks it looks really cool. So um, in this digital world, I thought it would be a cool challenge to everyone to, to craft something with your hands. Um, so I want you to craft something with your hands and my restriction is no digital usage, no right. computers, no anything. The only thing that you can use that's digital is a calculator. And it doesn't really matter what it is, but I just want someone to use your hands and build something and be proud of it. Awesome. And I think I'm going to give, what do, you, what do you guys think, 25 That's points? a good one, man. 25 seems steep, but... Okay, uh, well, we can go 20 if you want to. I, 20, 20 maybe. That's big. a... Tw- Twenty maybe about right. Compared to just giving free money away like we all did uh, for, for fifteen, I say building something that's that's worth twenty at least. Yeah, yeah. I think twenty is probably fair. I think that's. Are you gonna like put pictures of what people build up on the website or would love to. if you I can? So, that yeah. would be Please absolutely submit. definitely. Yes. Feel free to uh, feel free to send them to nerdtastic in three D at gmail dot com or post them on Facebook or. Link us on your uh, our Twitter account, and uh, we will definitely give you guys a shout out. I'm, so man, this could I'm, be anything. I'm, I'm thinking right now. I'm like, yeah, dude, can I can I like get my hands dirty in play doh and crap? Oh yeah, I was oh, thinking yeah. of actual crap like poop, like, like little sculptures <laughs> and stuff. Like, you know? I'm sure your son would be more than willing to help. I could you use with his that. poop. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, don't use your own. <laughs> I, w- I will say. We may or may not censor some of the pictures if they are, uh, depending on the appropriateness of, of them. extreme nature. Uh, that's Ooh. an excellent weekly challenge, Sean. We're definitely worth 20 points. I think that's awesome. So that is the challenge to you all. Again, keep track of it yourself. Gentlemen, as always, it's been an incredible pleasure. Yes. Dan, thank you so much for coming and joining thank us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank fun. you, sir. Totally. We want you to uh, definitely come back anytime. We miss you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Actually, real quick before I forgot, because I forgot to mention this. Why don't you do a quick plug for uh, for Spider-Man 15 or whatever it is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amazing Spider-Man. It's a reboot completely separate from the Sam Raimi trilogy. Uh, it's coming out July 3rd, I believe. Uh, and you just finished? It wrapped last Sunday, I believe. So, um, what, five weeks, six weeks before it comes out, something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's we're in between Prometheus and now not G.I. Joe because I got pushed till next year. But uh, we're a couple of weeks before Batman, so wow, we'll see. It's, Very cool. It looks pretty cool. It's different. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, it, it won't be Avengers, but I think it's... I think it's going to be better than the previous Spider-Man. So. Cool. That's that's good enough for me to go see it, definitely. Yeah. Very cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Nertastic in 3D, episode number 27. My name is Jason Carter. I'm Jack Eckler. I'm Sean Fennell. I think I'm Josh LeBron. <laughs> and you are Dan Kent. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Bye. See you Nertastic. 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 Nertastic.